A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. and welcome to the season finale of Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far and you've loved this season. If you have, please remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple or Spotify as it's the simplest way to help out the show. Or find me on social media and just tell all your friends about it. I've decided to start reading out my favourite reviews each week from Apple Podcasts so go and leave a review and I might read it out. My favourite review from this week is from I Don't Really Review Podcasts, titled The Funniest, and it says, has me creasing in my own public spaces and brightens my day. Thank you so much. It's an anonymous one, so please DM me if this was from you. This week, I'm joined by sex educator and presenter, Reed Amber. Reed is the co-founder of Come Curious and host of the award-winning Fucks Given podcast, which has reached over 2.5 million downloads. She has been in the adult industry for over 10 years, both behind and in front of the camera. She has always been passionate about achieving equality and high levels of duty of care in an industry that can lack both. Reed worked as an ethical porn director and is now an advocate for sex worker rights. She has been a regular guest on the BBC Tricky podcast for kinks, fetishes and sex work, as well as MTV News discussing pleasure and sexuality. Reed has featured on Gogglebox and was part of Channel 4's How to Make It on OnlyFans documentary in 2021. She continues to speak about destigmatizing sex, mental health, and how to make her audience feel comfortable in their own bodies by vlogging and sharing unfiltered, authentic content across her platforms. In this episode, we talk about the difference between fetishes versus kinks, why people might develop fetishes, the shame and stigma associated with fetishes, social media and porn's influence on fetishes, when fetishes can become problematic, and the best advice for those looking to explore a fetish. Trigger warning for this episode, we do discuss sexual assault. Hello, Reed. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to talk all things kinks and fetishes and sayaksa. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And you are someone who I've wanted to have on the pod ever since I had Florence on the pod, who is oh. your co-host on Come Curious oh and Fox Given. Yeah, oh. my girl Florence. She's yeah. left me to go and live in LA, but I, I got to spend some good quality time with her. And yeah, we've, we've been with each other over nine years now, starting on yes. the YouTube channel and then doing the podcast Fucks Given, which we're actually just about to do a rebrand and we're going to change the, the title of it to Come Curious instead of Fucks Given. So it just makes it easier to search. Fucks Given is actually really hard to search for and the algorithm bloody hates it. So oh my God. needs I, must. I can totally imagine. And um, I loved following you and Florence in LA together. It looked like you had such a nice time catching up. Oh, it was it was exactly what I needed after really? going through a breakup and just oh, feeling like being on my own and yeah. being like, go, you know, riding the breakup waves and then actually being able to get out of my head and yeah. out of the same space that I was with with my ex and then going and seeing one of my really close best friends who I work with Mm -hmm. just it was it was honestly so healing and so magical and we put in a lot of time together to heal to to do things that make us feel uncomfortable so we we made sure that we we practice cuddling each other I don't know if you find Uh this but yeah 
cuddling your platonic friends is really hard to do. Yeah. It sounds really simple, but it just isn't. You know, mm-hmm. any kind of tactile. It's a hug is different. Mm-hmm. Lots of people can hug, but a cuddle where you're cuddling each other for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. We, we practiced doing that. And again, I just got all my needs met and had oh. the DMCs, had like like the no judgment, the understanding, like absolutely. Every- and also we, we obviously got to play and have fun too. So it was just, it was oh. a fucking great holiday, exactly what I needed. And I came back feeling refreshed apart from COVID. That kind of fucked me a little. Oh God. And do you know what? On top of all of that, the sun, mm-hmm. just getting, like even having <gasps> London, oh. it being sunny this last week, I'm like, wait, maybe I'm not depressed. Yeah. Maybe it's yes. just the weather. Yeah. It, honestly, I woke up today like, oh wow, I don't hate my life. And I actually yeah. want to get out of bed today. <laughs> Although I was really unlucky when I went to LA um, for two weeks, it was mm. it was gloomy and rainy. Classic. I, I was like, we were both like, what the fuck? And apparently LA had never seen that, that, that miserable weather for so long. So I changed my flight because I was like, oh my God, the weekend I leave, yeah. it's going to be glorious weather. So I changed my flight, but then I fucked it up and changed it to the wrong date. So I ended up staying a whole week extra, which, you know, in the end, I'm just not complaining. It was exactly what I needed and more. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And I love the, I love that you said all that about cuddling. I mean, I just, I've never really thought about that, but some of your closest oh, friends, so hard. I don't, I don't even hug some of my closest friends because you're just kind of like, okay, see ya. And then you just leave. But like, I think when I go home to Australia, I actually notice that I'm hugging my friends a lot more just because I never see them. I'm like, we need that like tactile, like, you know, like the proper hello. Exactly. It's a human need to be able to touch other people. Mm -hmm. And um, I I came to this amazing realization with my therapist where Mm. she was like, Oh Christ! Throwing over a light. Hold on. Um, yeah, amazing realization with my therapist. She asked me, "Did you ever see any affection between your parents?" And mm. I was like, "Absolutely not. I don't even oh, remember really? them really being in the same room. There was no kissing or touching or hugging mm. or even a hand on a leg." Mm-hmm. And apparently, that can really change how you feel about. Mm tactile and touch in the future you know that might be one of your love languages that might be something you need Mm. especially as I now associate touch with sexual and romantic partners and not platonic Mm. partners so being able to hug and honestly it's it's one of the hardest things I've had to do is sit there and talk to a friend about cuddling and then actually actively do it and sit there and, and you have to sit in the uncomfortable feeling of this feels weird this is not someone that I'm I'm fucking or romantic with I don't have that physical bond with but you need the cuddling you need the affection especially after a breakup it's the most important time to get your needs met and having I I mean I'm doing this with all my friends now I'm literally like can we try and cuddle I know it's going to be difficult and I know it's going to be awkward but once you've done it and you get over that first like barrier, you feel fucking amazing afterwards. Love you know, that. There, there needs to be cuddle parties or something. So everyone needs to get their physical needs met. And it's the same if you're in a relationship. If you're not tactile, if you're not cuddling, if you're not having sex, then you need to find other ways to get your physical needs met. Rather than expecting your partner to, you have to do them. You have to communicate and ask for these things from either your partner or your friends or your family members. I love that so much. I'm going to have to introduce this into my life. This is like open a whole new world. (laughs) It's so, honestly, like anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, you have to run towards. Otherwise, you're not growing as a person. I love that. And this sort of leads into my first question for you because obviously you're a very passionate person. Thank you. What are you most passionate about? What is your biggest passion? Because obviously you you dabble in so many things. You know, you've got Mm -hmm. your Instagram work, you've got your podcast, YouTube, Mm -hmm. fetish body hair so many different touch points but what do you think your biggest passion is oh that's so hard that's a real hard it's a toss-up between talking about kinks and fetishes because I have a tickle fetish I have actually a couple of big fetishes that do dictate my sex life Um, And also a toss up between my sex work as well and being an open Mm -hmm. and active and proud sex worker. But I can't really talk about sex work on Instagram and social Mm -hmm. media because I get 
I get yeah censored. I yeah. get my account taken down. I've I recently had my Instagram account deleted for the eighth time. Oh my god! And I believe I'm not 100 percent sure, just because I'm an open and honest sex worker and mm-hmm. I talk about sex, and a lot of people hate that. A lot of people want to censor me, mm-hmm. even if what I'm saying is valuable and educational. They're still like you're a fucking slut. You don't deserve to be heard. This is teaching people the bad stuff, which Uh, obviously I think we both completely disagree with. I think anyone listening to this podcast would just be like, that's fucking ridiculous. But there are people Mm -hmm. out there that literally hate what we're doing with a passion because they Mm -hmm. believe it's wrong for whatever reason. And probably half the people that are doing that are the people that watch porn or engage with sex workers. So it's like, what is your point? I know it's so frustrating, but those are the ones that feel the most shame and it's almost like yeah. they must have to maybe they're counterbalancing the fact that they think they're evil and shameful by trying to do I don't know God's work or something yeah. and trying to and trying to silence and censor those people even yeah. though they're probably sitting there like shamefully signing up to my OnlyFans yeah. or wanking over my videos and then just hate themselves afterwards and it's it's really upsetting it's so frustrating because it's just like like it, that is so normal. It's why are people commenting on what I choose to do with my body? You yeah. know, like people love fucking doing that. The age mm-hmm. of lockdown and COVID, everyone was so fucking judgmental. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with sex work. And again, what mm-hmm. I do about kink and fetish work, I talk a lot about trying to break down the stigma and make people feel more human mm-hmm. and less embarrassed and less like that they're a freak or a pervert in quotation marks and just like that's just part of who you are learn to embrace it learn to love it and oh my god when you do mm-hmm. it is my sex life is I cannot explain to you not just my sex life improved and got better and more exciting but also finally accepting myself wholeheartedly for who I am was a complete game changer and I'm so sad for the first 28 years of my life where I tried to hide that part of myself yeah and I'm so glad that I was like I have a fucking tickle fetish yes it hurts and it's difficult and it's hard to say but the more you say it the more you talk about it, learn about it, research about it, the more you accept it and then therefore accept yourself and love yourself. And it's just a motherfucking game changer. Oh, it must be so good for your self-esteem to be able to say that as well. Because I think oh, yeah. if it's something yeah. like shame is such a powerful emotion. And I've read, so I've read articles that, that say that shame is one of the core emotions because it's nothing like anything else that we yes. feel or experience. Because if everything is on like a wheel and you've got like happiness, anger, jealousy, like different mm-hmm. feelings that are not related at all, or shame is one of those and it's just so powerful and it can change your whole sense of self and your whole identity if you don't Absolutely. release your yeah, release your true self. Also shame, I've been learning that shame actually can be a positive. You know, shame can teach us from making the same mistakes, like help us stop doing those mistakes. And also for me, especially with a fetish, I I enjoy the shame part. I actively get off on the shame part, the humiliation part, the degradation part. It is a huge part of my sexual psyche. You know, like part, I think about the things that, that really turn me on and it's stuff like um, consensual, non-consensual play. Um, I'm going to say a trigger word here, rape, role play or ravishment fantasy. You know, a lot of us are so ashamed that that's what we think about that's what we masturbate over but it's so normal and so many people do it and we almost kind of get off on the shame part that's the part that turns us on a part of it you know it's oh my god I can't believe I came when I didn't want to or for me I love bullying bullying role play the shame the 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 degrading aspect it just I can't help it but it just fucking turns me on and and as much as like I can hate shame and hate what it has done to me I can also learn to love it at the same time and use that power for good and be like yeah man shame me you know like armpit hair I remember one of the best experiences with my ex when we were having sex was like I left a little bit of armpit hair growing and you know he was like I would say a very traditional man liked it all hairless um and I and and the fact that he was holding me down and like laughing at my armpit hair and shaming me and being like what the fuck is this ah and I oh my god I lost my mind because it was such a turn on at the same time and in that space in the sex space with him I felt really safe so it was completely fine um 
there are obviously elements that are like, oh, maybe you do actually genuinely feel like that, but that's okay. It's all about learning and and using that shame part to to actually turn us on and to create a whole sexual scene was ex- yeah extremely powerful and so much fun and it got me over my armpit hair shame you know oh do you know what I love how passionate you are you're so <clears throat> articulate and well spoken in this and I just I find it so inspiring thank um, you <laughs> my next question for you is what is your favorite recent pop culture moment or meme oh but Jesus um <laughs> The first thing I go to is I mm. I don't know if if anyone watches YouTube poops but um <laughs> so YouTube poops is kind of like I don't even know how to fucking describe it it's like a it's like a a subcategory uh-huh. in YouTube of videos that have been <laughs> fucked around with and edited and completely messed up with and it's it's a part of my my friendship group where okay. we will sit there and just watch these YouTube poop videos and some of them are so bad and they they, <laughs> they don't make sense. I'm fairly certain it's because we're all neurodivergent that we love this so much. It's yeah. it's somebody editing a video. For example, they have one, you know, the Her- the Disney Hercules movie yeah. and they just fuck around with it so much and <laughs> skew it out of control and mess it up. And I know it's got nothing to do with sex, but that's what brings me so much joy. We will all sit around drinking or, um, you know, even just a night in and we'll just be like, yeah. okay, let's just put on our favorite YouTube poop videos. And they've done it all with like, okay, you got to check out Spock, which is um, a YouTube poop, YouTube poop video about Sherlock Holmes. Oh, what's it? What's the actual title called? It was like, you know, the English Sherlock Holmes with yeah, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's called Spock and it's just so dumb and so funny. And it's just the dumbery is just, uh, it's, yeah i don't i don't even know i don't even fucking know why but it's just fucking funny to us and oh it's God. also nostalgic i think i think the nostalgia is mm-hmm. mainly there for us you know what and it, the the idea of sitting around and watching youtube videos is nostalgia in itself yes. like i saw this tiktok yesterday and it was like a swiping one and it was swiping across and it was like pov you're at a sleepover and you're 10 years old and you're watching random stuff on youtube and yes, it was like yes, it was yes. like harry potter puppet pals like Charlie the Unicorn, just like oh my God, and like these yeah. weird videos that, mm-hmm. and now I feel like memes are so fast and they happen so quickly and they're just like a blip, like a cult, tiny cultural blip. Yeah, back then it was like they were we, everything. We, we do this for like a year, like we mm-hmm. found it funny for like a year long period, or like yeah, even, like like salad fingers. Beyond. It yeah. was like th- these were the yeah. original viral videos. Yeah, they yeah. were the ones that you would sit and watch like on your on the family computer. Yeah. With your sitting around and your mum's like get off it's 12 o'clock you know and I'm like no mum like just give me a few more minutes on MSN I'm talking to a boy like all of this shit or your dad would be like get off the internet I need to use the phone yes the the day of dial up oh my god frustrating but also really grateful to be born in that era where we weren't we didn't have to have a phone we like my first phone was when I was 12 and it was like you know a little brick. brick that played played snake on it mm-hmm. and I really feel for the generations below us where they are growing up with how the internet is today mm-hmm. with Instagram with like the comparison and I I think there is a shift there is a massive mm-hmm. change you know mm-hmm. we are seeing celebrities be more honest about the work that they're getting done or even mm-hmm. you know reverse the work that they're getting done and we are seeing more positive stuff online in terms of like body culture and plus size and disabled bodies and sexuality which is really powerful for that age but it's also like in turn you're getting this huge fucking smack in the face of of just so much overwhelming information I mean the rise of TikTok is just a perfect example of of people's attention spans going mm-hmm. we most of us don't want to sit there and watch a 10 minute YouTube video yeah um, if not longer we want to watch a th- three second video that's going to make us laugh like it's like mm-hmm. that instant gratification thing of like huh that was funny next huh yeah. that was funny next <laughs> same with the age of porn as well I could talk forever about 90s porn and how much that formed a lot of what I think is sexual and attractive even talking about hair I genuinely thought that hair was unattractive because that's what I saw in porn mm. I saw these women getting fucked in porn that were either completely hairless or 
you know, big, big boobs, big, like blonde hair, although, you know, that's why I've gone blonde, clearly. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, baby. <laughs> um, and feeling horrified, like genuinely horrified if I had a tiny bit of stubble and someone was going to potentially see me naked. I remember honestly giving myself the worst razor burn and shaving rash because I would shave myself every other day and just thinking about that now it's just so painful my poor my poor my poor pussy you know like, that's <laughs> not fair yeah oh, nightmare in speaking about social media what is the funniest dm you've ever received oh okay funniest dm mm-hmm. I get I, I get a lot of them I barely even I don't really look at my Instagram DMs because I probably get about 20 to 30 new requests requests every day and it just gets extremely overwhelming. That's just in the requests folder. I sometimes check out my normal inbox. <laughs> um, I have to look at requests as well just because in case a brand's like, hey, we want to work with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the most unusual DM, I would mm-hmm. say, that I've had, and I don't want to shame this person. Yeah, But yeah. I, I don't know if you've heard of Beam Me Up Soft Boy. It's kind, oh, yeah. of, kind it. of on the same leg as that. And this was on my favorite dating app, Field, spelled F-E-E-L-D, because it's like really cool about the kink community. Um, and this person had clearly created almost like a character of himself. He was called Obsidian Dark. <laughs> and every single photo was him with like, there was one photo I remember he was sitting on a throne and I was like, okay, like you're hot. Wild. Yeah, sure. And the message that he sent me was just out of this world. Should I read a little bit for Please you? Please read it. I would love that. It still sticks in my mind because I'm just like, wow. Like one, <laughs> this is dedication, but this is like... Like to to art to just say something like that yeah. is such a risk because it's like it's a dedication <sighs> to the bit. Commit to the bit. Okay, firstly it starts with my queen, which you know, all right, I feel this. <laughs> How good of you to finally emerge from my dreams and stand before me, taunting my soul with fiery desire for your stunningly sculpted corporeal form. My gratitude is boundless. Levisius is it Levisius or Lavishus? I don't know. Lascivious, lascivious, and life-changingly pleasurable. I burn to express it to you on the flame-kissed battlefield of the dark, shining passion. Wow. It doesn't stop there. It goes on for quite a few more paragraphs. Okay. Um, Especially because I was like, okay, that's just a copied and pasted message, sure. Yeah. But no, he actually writes this to me because I ask him, oh, how's tricks? And he's like, tricks are excellent. More extravagant, naughty and delicious than ever. More people falling for them than ever before too. What do you mean, falling for them? That sounds fucking creepy. Falling for my tricks. Oh, (laughs) that said, the search for a fencing partner of equal skill in the spheres of drinking, flirting, piss-taking and fucking is proving long and fruitfulness. I had almost lost hope of finding a seductress to rival my passion, stamina and merciless humour before the gods revealed your captivatingly lawless excellence to my my eyes that is oh I actually have to applaud his poetic right like he's such a loquacious guy that vocab (laughs) where did he find it I I do not know but it was more (laughs) the fact that it's almost like he's gone into role play before even asking about the role play you know it's and it it went on for a few more paragraphs too and I, I appreciate the dedication but I feel like the first time you're messaging someone that should, should just not be the first message you know you yeah. should say ease in ease e- into ease it. in ease in because it's <laughs> it can be quite a shock um especially because I'm super dyslexic so reading that is just fucking hard <laughs> enough I'm like what the fuck are you saying man like like you gotta make your words relatable I have no idea what you're on about in half of that yeah it's kind of selfish to just jump in and just be like this is everything that I yes. want and just like spewing information and not right? even not even being like, do you like it? Like yeah. <laughs> there's no question from him there. Yeah. Like, how are you? Or yeah. like, what are you up to? There's nothing. It's just this is me, 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 me. And I was like, well, okay, for me, that's a red flag. And I, you know, there's I really hope you find the right person that works for you. And I'm sure you will, but that was just not my bag. Yeah, just the broadcasting of information to whoever will listen. But Yeah, yeah. Also, imagine that. the sexting. I'd be like <laughs> trying to like match him and I'd be yeah. like, nah, like I'm too fucking dumb for this shit. Just tell me you got a hard cock and you want to spaff on my face. Come on. You'd <laughs> be on thesaurus.com being like, fuck, That's fuck. Li- That would literally be me, yeah. <laughs> me too. Oh, and my, my final question for this round is, what is your funniest dating story? Whoa, okay. Oh. 
Love this question. Every time I ask it, it the answers, I have no idea where it's going to go. And I know it's, you've got some oh, good ones. I've got some good ones. Okay, I, maybe I'll try and do try and do two of them. Okay. But as quick as possible. Okay. Um so first one, <laughs> maybe it's not even funny. It's kind of cool. Like when I was mm-hmm. really when I was when I just left uni, so I was probably about 21. Yeah. I ended up in a in a semi like fuck buddy relationship with a much much older married couple who lived and I was still living at my mum's coming mm-hmm. back from uni and they lived three roads away from my mum oh god and so I would go round there I'd be like bye mum I'm off out and I'd go round to <laughs> theirs and be their sex slave they would dress me up in latex right. they would put a collar on me they would like lead me around the room I would watch them fuck they they once ate sushi off of my naked body as oh I was a table God. and that was just like you know that was early early experiences um, yeah yeah they were really cool they were really opened up a lot of yeah a lot of like I don't know like the lack of fear and and just comfort Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST that was there Mm -hmm. but the one I jumped to which I would say is funny is I was I think again this was after uni I'd I'd never had a one night stand I'd never like gone to a club like the Mm -hmm. stereotypical go to a club and take someone home and fuck them and never speak to them again so I was like tonight in my bedroom tonight I'm gonna fuck someone I'm gonna find (laughs) someone and the whole way through the club night, couldn't find anyone. And at the end of the night, the, the club lights turn on and I'm like, oh shit, the night's over quickly. Like, who can I find? find and I'm someone. darting around the room and I see someone. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, let's go up to him. And I go up to him and I'm like, you're fit. Are you single? Do you want to fuck? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so, I, so I go, I um, oh, say God. to my friends, I found someone. I'm going to go back to his. Like, 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 I will let you know I'm safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to his. Uh, which is actually just around the corner, which is pretty cool. Um, this is in my hometown in Kingston in mm-hmm. southwest London. Mm-hmm. And as we're talking, as we're walking, I'm like, oh, so yeah, you sub, are you dom? And he's like, oh, I'm I'm submissive. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm submissive too. And as we know, two subs don't make a dom. <laughs> but I'm going to play into this anyway. I'm going to put on my dom experience and I'm going to enjoy myself. Try it. And... I was teasing him all the way there. I was asking him what he was into. I was being like quite rude, quite like <laughs> what I thought a dom should be back then. Of course, I've learned completely different now. Um, you know, I, I was just basically mimicking what I saw in the videos and in porn. So we get back to his. I make him go upstairs. We go up to his room. I make him get fully undressed while I'm completely dressed. 
And I'm sitting on top of him, wanking and edging his cock while he's like begging for me to stop. Like, oh my God, stop. No, mistress. And I'm like, yes, you <laughs> fucking love this, don't you, little dweeb? Like really like dweeb. into this. Yeah, you goddamn dweeb. Um, and he's also like, oh my God, no, I'm going to come. And I'm bored as well. We've been doing this for about an hour, right? So I'm just like, no, 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 I don't want to come yet. And I'm like, look, I'm going to fucking make you come because like, I'm, I want to go home. Make him <laughs> come. And he's like, oh. And then I'm like, you're going to have to fucking get me a cab home. Make him get me a cab home. And I go downstairs <laughs> to get this cab. Oh, God. And there's a motherfucking house. Pa- oh, my God, that's not even the worst part. Hold what? On. Let me go back. Let me go back. Rewind. Before okay. I make him come, his housemate busts through the door, <gasps> right? No. And he's like a lad, like looks like a proper lad. And he's oh, just God. standing there watching me. And we both freeze and we're looking at him. And his oh. cock is in my hand. I'm completely clothed. He's <laughs> naked. And he's just standing there watching oh. for like a, an extended period of time. Oh. And I'm like, what are you doing? Are get you going to either join in or get the fuck yeah. out? And he just laughs and leaves. So yeah, that was weird. Anyway. Oh my God. He orders this cab. I go downstairs and there's this whole house party going on. What? And I'm like, what the fuck? And then my friends are there. And what? I'm like, what the fuck? And it was <laughs> a complete, complete fucking coincidence. Like some of my friends, are, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it was insane. And then, yeah, I finally get home at like, must've been like six, seven in the morning. Like what the fuck was that night? <laughs> oh my God. I think that's my favorite Um date sex story that I've ever had on the podcast that is it's a roller coaster the fact that your friends were all downstairs while Mm. you've just picked this rat like how did you get here how did this happen I don't know they just ended up going back to someone's house it's just crazy the universe is so weird sometimes like the Mm -hmm. shit that happens you're like this something's going on behind the scenes that I don't know about in this world yeah 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 (laughs) oh whoa like if I believe in god I'm or agnostic that would be fate yeah (laughs) Thank you so much for answering all of my speed date question rounds. I absolutely loved it. Um, <laughs> and I thought because one of your biggest passions is fetishes and kinks, I thought we could have a big discussion about the work you do on social and how you sort of got into that. And I wanted to start with, just so everyone listening knows, what is a fetish and how does a fetish differ from a kink? Oh, my favorite question. Yes. Um, and I didn't know this answer for years and years and years. And I mm-hmm. have fetishes and kinks. So mm-hmm. it's understandable why it's complicated and confusing. And even when I did the research, I still didn't fucking understand it for a long, long time. So a kink is just the term for an uncommon turn on. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that like isn't part of the norm, like spanking, choking, dressing up in ladies' clothes, Mm -hmm. um, pegging, that would be considered a kink. Mm -hmm. A kink is something that you could take it or leave and, you know, you're you're with a partner and he's like, oh my God, sorry, I shouldn't gender. And they are like, oh my God, I'm really into sploshing. I want you to like stand on strawberries and cream. That's great. And you're like, oh my God, this is so hot. I'm really getting turned on. I love this. And then maybe some of that kink will stay with you. But the next person comes along, they're like, oh my God, my kink is humping pillows. And like, okay, well, I've forgotten about that splashing kink. That was kind of hot, but like I'm moving on to pillows. You can take it or leave it a kink. Yeah. Sometimes they can be hard kinks where Uh they stay with you throughout the whole life. Okay. But a fetish Mm -hmm. is something that is almost hard coded in your psyche from a young age. Right. Often or not, it happens where an experience or a situation when you're younger becomes an obsession and then through puberty that turns into a turn on. Um, A fetish is almost unavoidable, unpredictable. It's something that you can't get rid of. You can repress it. Um, There's so much shame around a fetish, mainly because we just don't really understand it. And it is fundamental to your arousal. So most people who have a fetish, it's the thing that they always wank over. It's the thing that always brings them to the point of orgasm. Even if they're trying to think of something else, they often will or not will revert back to that one thing that gets them off. For example, feet. So everything can be a kink, but not everything can be a fetish. Okay. If that makes sense. And why do you think people develop fetishes? So what could, if someone has a foot fetish, where might that come from? Like, I know you mentioned it Mm. being in a young age or something like it could be a number of things, but what's something that could sort of develop that or start that? 
So um, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people with foot fetishes because I mm. also, I have a foot, I would say I have a foot kink. Okay. It's not my fetish, but it's it's definitely my foot kink. I love receiving foot play. Like I can come from receiving foot play alone. It's insane. Um, I, and the people that I've spoken to that have had foot fetishes, um, which are generally men, men are more likely to have fetishes than women. It's not okay. uncommon for a woman to have a fetish, but that's because men's arousal is based on visuals over and above women's arousal, which is a lot of the time based on like mental stimulation. Right. And the the people that I've spoken to that have foot fetishes, they will have memories of maybe feeling intimacy or comfort from their parents. So a lot of the time it will be um, like a boy looking Looking at his mother's feet, um, one this porn porn performer Pascal, he said that his earliest rem- memory of feet was when he was un- hiding underneath the dining table when his mum and her friends were over, and this was in France, and they would always wear sandals, and he would be ah. playing cars underneath the table over their feet. Um, and he said that that was kind of his first memory of noticing women and sexuality and and comfort. It also can be the flip reverse with shame and embarrassment or being told off. So um, another example is when you're being told off by a parent, you will often or not look down. Mm-hmm. And when you look down, you might see their feet and notice their ah, feet. And, that's such an interesting one. I and sometimes ne- it's, never it's just... That. Yeah, so, sometimes it's just attention. It's like, oh my god, I haven't been given any attention. But you know, whether my where I'm whether I'm being praised or being told off, I'm getting the attention and I'm noticing the feet, and that's becoming an obsession. I mean, you can't really predict what's going to create a fetish or yeah. not. It, it sometimes my my mentality is it either creates a fear or a repulsion or a sexual fetish. So, for example, tickling. A lot of people fucking hate tickling. It is I like, hate it. <laughs> it's 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 not pleasurable. It is not fun. It is yeah. something that people don't like. For mm-hmm. me, it is something that is so unbelievably pleasurable. But that's because my first memory of tickling is with my dad, who I didn't really have growing up in my life. And that was kind of like the first, I guess, I guess like moments or memory of us being close or intimate of or him noticing me or him spending time with me. Mm. Um, and that's taken me a long time to open up and and not feel shame about and get comfortable with because Obviously, the first thing that jumps into your head with a fetish is, oh, my God, incest. You know, like incest, I'm a bad person, I'm disgusting. Like this is related to a family member or all this Mm. weird moment that happened in my life that I feel weird and uncomfortable about. Mm. Um, And of course, it's nobody's fault. It's not your fault that that's what happened to you. It's not even their fault that that they did that to you and caused a fetish. They weren't to know. No one's to fucking know. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, tickling is a very large part of, of human nature. It's very bonding. It's very, it can be very fun. Mm. Um, of course consent issues are there and it's Mm. always so fucking important before you get into anybody's space including tickling which is Mm. seen as innocent Mm. that you ask or when they say stop and you tickle them and they're like stop and you're like you ask them like do you actually want me to stop and if they say yes then you fucking stop yeah 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 um I think a lot of people hide between the innocence. It's the same with foot fetish, guys. I get people messaging me like, oh, send me a picture of your feet. You think you're trying to get away with it because it's innocent. But I know it's just exactly like me sending you a picture of my tits or my pussy. You have to motherfucking respect that. Stop hiding in the innocence of it. But unfortunately, people with fetishes get branded with these awful terms like perverts because they don't know any better. You know, they, that's what we see online. We see in fucking, you know, think about like cr- true crime, like CSI. Oh, he strangled himself to death. Or like the adult baby play. Like, oh, they're fucking perverts. There's a murder and they were adult babies and all this <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I truly believe if it's, if it's above age, if it's consensual, then you should be able to do whatever you like with other people, with with consenting adults, as as long as it's consenting and continuously consenting too. you know, making sure you check in. But a lot of people just think, oh, he wants to dress up as an adult baby. That's weird. He wants to touch kids. And it's that's such a toxic mentality. That's so small minded. That's not even the fucking half of it. And it's because we just don't know enough. You know, no one talks about this shit. 
And what I was going to ask you is where do you think, I know you mentioned like pop culture and stuff and mm-hmm. CSI and everything, but where do you think the shame and the stigma really comes from when it comes to fetishes or kinks? Is it just, is it just miseducation? Is it, where do you think the root cause of it is? I, I still think the root cause is probably the confusion of when you're younger and mm. why it happens, especially if it's with a family member. Yeah, I do think that there needs to be a massive change in sex education mm-hmm. because fetishes aren't uncommon. A lot of people have fetishes yeah. and even more people have kinks, mm-hmm. yet when it's something that's above uh, against the grain, when it's not normal, when it's not just like, oh, I just want to like kiss and do oral and have sex which is perfectly fine there's a lot of emphasis at the moment where it's almost like having kinks and fetishes are cool like no that is not the case they are they are obviously they're both cool but vanilla being vanilla is just as cool is just as acceptable is just as beautiful it's not a competition on who gets more fucking pleasure you can get just the same amount of pleasure as somebody being vanilla as you are when you're in kinks it's just about knowing what turns you on as an individual is important you know don't force yourself to do something you don't want to do like how we all did when we were younger oh yeah choke me and spank me because that's what I saw in porn I fucking hate being spanked I've always hated it I think it's fun a little bit here and there but like I have never enjoyed that. And especially choking, when choking is done badly, which most of us have experienced, when it's like, oh, I actually don't think I like this, but I think I like this, but I can't tell. A lot of people don't know how to choke properly. You know, you do not push down on the front of your neck, on the windpipe. That is dangerous. When you choke someone, you have to make sure it's around the sides of the windpipe and up and above. So you're not restricting their airways you're restricting their blood flow that is way more safer and yet nobody fucking knows that nobody talks about it it's usually guys as well that say that they like being dominant and they Mm -hmm. have no experience with the bdsm community they have no experience about the amount of rules and things that make that sort of place safe yeah and then they really what they really like is being a misogynist and choking women yes yeah (laughs) or they've just they've just seen porn and they're like oh I like that that's great and of course as we know yeah as we know porn is so unrealistic porn is a fantasy porn it is a move an action movie you go to the cinema and see but when you grow up with porn you think it's real no it's not even Mm. that you think it's real you want to believe it's real so you can suspend your own like horniness and and turn on us so we don't want to necessarily think it's fake do we because that's not necessarily the turn on So it's about changing sex education. I really fucking hope that they teach porn in sex education. It is so important because you're getting kids at the moment that are expecting or doing a lot of stuff that they don't feel comfortable doing just because they saw it in porn. And that's fucking dangerous. And I guess this is sort of leads into my next question as well is can fetishes become problematic? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fetishes... Like I said, you can't really ignore it, deny mm-hmm. it. It's often or not the secret that gets people off. Fetishes are, are, are so varied and so different. And a lot mm. of people have fetishes that cause harm to themselves or harms to other others. Yeah. So, for example, I was talking to a professional dominatrix. Her name's Margot Throbby. And oh no, it wasn't Margot <laughs> Throbby. It was another dominatrix. <laughs> I know, such a great name. Yeah. She's so hot. So good. Um. This was a different dominatrix, but she said mm. one of her clients, his fetish was to be made to th- make himself throw up. That oh God, was his yeah. fetish. Yeah. And of course, because it was his fetish and and through all those years, he had been making himself throw up to basically get off, to turn himself on. Um, and that that's that's damaging to your soul. You know, you know, your your gag reflex is getting harder and harder to do so you're you're being more forceful more violent with yourself your teeth your throat your tongue is being affected by all that acid and it does cause a lot of physical damage to yourself yeah, and it's not that tough. he necessarily wants that but that's the only thing that might get him off um same with like i mean there's a whole list of fetishes out there and some of them fascinate me there was there's a fetish you know we've seen the the film crash where there are people that get off on car crashes there are there's a fetish one of my favorites there's a fetish for pushing people down the stairs 
Like, oh my god, what the fuck is that about? I am yeah. so fascinated. Yeah. Um, there was another fetish which was, I mean, this one's a bit lighter. It was a a girl was talking about she loved being pelted with frozen fruit like so obscure so so specific but so beautiful I mean I I would say that I actually got away got away like scot-free with tickling yeah tickling is one of the standard yeah standard a lot of people enjoy doing it it's it's easy it's very part of of ingrown nature ingrown nature it's very part of like human nature but when it's something like, you know, imagine that the only time that you can get off it if, if someone cuts you, you know, yeah, like, that's so like hard. or if you if you are like beaten up black and blue, that things yeah. like that is just I think that when it is so detrimental to your health or when yeah. it's to, to somebody else's health, go and speak to a, a, a sexual therapist, a psychosexual yeah, that's therapist. Great advice. They speaking to my therapist about my tickle fetish again helped me so fucking much Mm -hmm. it just it changed my world and I felt and it made it made things more clear and also doing the research online you don't have to speak to a professional Mm. just do the research online look it up look at research papers look at Mm -hmm. look at people find your community online because it's so isolating I Mm. believed that I was the only one that felt this way for most of my life until I actually Mm. went online and started seeing porn and started signing up to the forums and and talking mm-hmm. to people on on reddit and and like actually meeting people from mm-hmm. the internet i mean i wouldn't recommend this for everybody mm-hmm. but um i i've now started twice a year i create my own tickle event mm-hmm. and i invite people that i've met online and i go to the munches and i go to the meetups and i i just feel less fucked up about it all you know I feel like actually talking to these people who truly understand the way that my brain works who truly get it you just Mm. feel so much less alone um and it's just ah again like I'm loving my life at the moment I have now put my fetishes on my dating profiles actually I did that a couple of years ago and I had one of the most incredible relationships where I had all of my fetish needs met and more and I, and I could I could not have been happy and I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't started this journey of acceptance and put it very clearly on my dating profile because I've met people now who have tickle yeah. fetishes through dating apps. I think social media is such a powerful tool for finding community and finding like-minded people. Yeah. What would you say in regards to how you think it affects people's views on fetishes and mm-hmm. whether that's positive or negative? What would you say? It it does depend because you mentioning toxic doms. I think mm. like that's that's very hard. You know, like I mm. it's it's frustrating because like you know you see the ones on TikTok where it's just mm-hmm. a dude oh, being God. like being like hot and gross, but like <laughs> you you're still you're still turned on about it, but you're also disgusted at the same time. Yeah, you're like come you on, know, bro. I saw this one where it was just like Ima- imagine this is your face, and he just spits, and I was like. <laughs> Like why? Why? Like I, I fucking hate spit. But why am I turned on? Because you're a fucking pretty boy, or like you know when they're joking around, ch- choking you, and I'm like, okay, that's like maybe sure, yeah. If you're if you're actually clued in in the BDSM scene, you understand boundaries and kink. You understand how to communicate with without words even words are powerful but communicating with body language with eyes being able to check in mm-hmm. um i think we throw it around the term aftercare as well mm-hmm. my friend had a really shitty dom experience recently where again i believe he was a toxic dom mm. or as you call it a fake dom where he was mm-hmm. like yeah bravado this that and the other mm-hmm. and gave her this kind of like empty aftercare because that's what mm-hmm. he thought he needed to do yeah meaningless yeah it was meaningless it it wasn't comfortable and she left still feeling very used and very confused about the thing the situation especially because she got that aftercare and she's like well he gave me what everyone is talking about but aftercare but why isn't do I just... still feel bad yeah right. yeah and it's because hard. he he didn't look after her and he didn't make her feel genuinely mm. safe all the way through um and yeah maybe he gave her a kiss and a cuddle and told her she was a good girl afterwards but that's just not fucking enough you have to Anytime you have a, a session with somebody or you're dominant, or even if you just choke someone out and not literally choke someone out, you choke yeah, yeah. someone or spank someone after having sex, I would always recommend doing a follow-up text a few days later uh, because it's hard to talk in person. I get that. A follow-up text saying, 
hey, like, how how did you feel about that fuck? Like, I, I understand that I did this, this and this. Did I make you feel safe enough? What can I do to make this a better experience for you? Um, I, I love that. Honestly, if someone if someone does a fuck follow up text, I am creaming. It is like, <laughs> wow, you are mature. You know what you're, you're fucking a, you're doing. You're a grown person. You're a grown person. And it's the same. <laughs> it's the same with subs. Stay away from subs that say I have no limits. You can do whatever you like to me. That is also a toxic sub because they need to know their limits for you to make sure that you are both safe. I also think that doms don't realize that when you're in a sexual situation, a vulnerable situation with someone who's submissive, you are not really the dominant. You have to respect that you don't actually have the control here. You don't have, yeah, you don't have all the power. It's like someone is letting you have that power. Yes, you mm. you might pretend to have that power. You might mm. role play having that power. But ultimately, you will never do anything that the sub won't be fully okay with. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, it's fine to to push boundaries and in in my type of play I use safe words I use the traffic like system you know like amber orange is like whoa I'm not really sure like how much I like this and red is stop completely um but I actually actively enjoy reaching my safe word my limit and being with someone that can push past that limit that's that's what gets me off but that is not the fucking same for everybody and I only do that with people that I fully fucking trust that I know can have that intelligent emotional connection and conversation with me throughout that journey I just there's a there's a lot of Online, going back to your question, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there of like, yeah, choking, spanking, but it's never followed up with make sure you communicate, make sure that they are happy 100% of the time. It doesn't fucking ruin the moment if you're there going like, I'm a scary dom and I'm doing this to you and just just checking, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, perfect. I'm going back. It will Just not breaking the fourth the wall here. <laughs> Break that fucking Break fourth, the fourth wall, wall. <laughs> for both of your safety yeah. and for both of your happiness. And it mm -hmm. honestly helps. Like I do it all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm there being submissive like, oh my God, stop. No, don't. Why are we doing this? And then I'm like, hey, actually, can you just slow down for a sec? And then I go back to it. It's, it's, it's so easy. It's so nice. Or like, oh, can you especially if I'm in bondage, like, oh, can you just, can you just adjust the one on my wrist there? Oh, there we go there. Oh my God, stop. I beg you. You know, that kind of stuff. It does not ruin the mo moment. Um, I think that's such great advice. Um, and the whole communication thing, I think is really brilliant advice as well. Mm -hmm. What would be your best advice for those looking to explore a fetish, apart from going online and educating yourself mm -hmm. and, you know, finding your community, what, what are some other tips that you have for people who are listening, who might be wanting to branch out so uh, if you have a fetish you you might you after listening to this you might know it's a fetish you might not again the the lines get really skewed um if you have a fetish then I would highly recommend going online and not just looking at porn which is the first thing we do and then you know feeling that shame hole looking at the research looking at why you might feel the way that you do, doing a deep dive back into your background, you know, uh, figuring out your earliest memories of that fetish. And the more you learn about it, the more you write it down, the more you journal about it, the more you try and open up and talk to other people, talk to your friends, talk to your partner. It's actually really hard talking about your fetish to an existing partner. I found, I, I, I found that it was actually, yeah, it was, yeah, the whole thing was hard. I, the only way that I could really get over it was basically breaking up with a partner if I'd never told them about my fetish or maybe it hadn't been received in the way that I wanted it to be. And then almost like learning and creating, learning to love it myself. And so the next relationship you go into is, is actually accepting of your fetish and will indulge you. Um, especially it, it hurts if you love that person and you want to be with them, but they're really not okay with like, I don't know, sucking your toes or something like that. Mm, yeah. Um, maybe speak to them about having your needs met because it doesn't matter how much you repress your fetish. It will still always be there and it will still always want to be 
like noticed and and explored and played with and you will always fantasize I found that the more I repressed it the more I obsessed about it the more I couldn't stop thinking about it the more porn I watched the more um, I felt disconnected from my partner because every time we fucked and and I I wasn't being tickled I would be thinking about people tickling so I would be elsewhere anyway to try and come to try and get there and if you don't have a fetish, or maybe you know someone that does, you have a partner that has a fetish, again, it's the same. Like, knowledge is power. Learn as much as you can. Try and speak to them. It's it's really hard to do so. So maybe write them notes. You know, like, if they've mentioned before in the past, like, um, they really, really fucking love tights. Like, nylons is everything. And they're like, yeah, I really want you to wear tights. Ask them. Um, how much do you like nylons? How important are nylons to our sexual life, to our sex play? Um, I would I actively try and make it a part of something, you know, like explore into it, lean into it, enjoy it more and tell them that make it very clear that it's it's not shameful. It's not embarrassing. Actively be enthusiastic and excited about it. Of course, it's a bit hard when it's something like, I don't know, like scat, for example, which is poo play. Um, you know, if that's something that you feel like you can't try and you can't give them, then think about ways that they could maybe get that elsewhere. You know, how how can you make this doable? If they're desperate for you to shit on their chest, for example, and you just can't can't do it, then maybe try the baby steps, try and shit in a box and then give that box to them. And they can do whatever they want with that. And then it's 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 just breaking down those ba- boundaries and barriers. You know, if, if somebody really wants to piss on you, their, their thing is water sports. I'd be like, okay, let's try it. But I'm going to wear a full rain mac and I'm going to be in the shower and I'm going to I'm going to like wash myself immediately. But let's give it a go. Just don't get it in my hair or my mouth. Right. It's all these tiny little baby steps you can do. It doesn't have to be all of a sudden I'm going to push you down the stairs and watch you break your leg. You know, it's yeah. like. <laughs> Can you just slide on on your bum on down the stairs and see how we go from there? Is that cool? Yeah, it's try and try and find ways to make it work. I I did the same with my tickle fetish. I would, you know, oh, could you could you give me a foot massage? Oh my god, I love the foot massage. Like, how do you feel about tickling? How yeah. like do you like it? Easy. Do you want to do it? And then learning together. My ex couldn't tickle for shit. He enjoyed doing it, but like he didn't do it the way that I wanted. So we were there doing it together. No, 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 not that spot. This spot. Oh my God, dig in real hard there. Like, oh no, but here, do it really lightly. It just, it takes a while, but when you get past those steps, it's honestly is so fucking magical and you learn to just love life and, and sex becomes so fucking easy when it's with, when it's with the right person or persons. And oh, honestly, I'm, I'm having the best fucking time at the moment. I'm loving life. Oh, Reed, honestly, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I feel like the space that you give people to be themselves and to, to have permission to explore parts of them that they may have felt shame about, I just find it really inspiring. And oh, you've been such you. an amazing guest. Like, thank you so much for the work you do. I, I think there should be just more people like you out there that are accepting and loving and creating space for those who who want to explore different parts of themselves oh thank you so so much this has been so good because again hosting uh fucks given come curious Mm -hmm. i I never really get to talk in this in this much detail in depth so i love coming on thank you so much for inviting me and you please keep doing the good work that you're doing and opening up the conversations because it's just we're not getting enough and we need more anyone else listening to this as well if you feel compared to make compelled to to make videos, um, YouTube, socials, a podcast, and talk about stuff that's passionate and important to you, please fucking do, because we just need more of you to educate the masses. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Reed. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been so good. I don't, I, should I, should I tell the, the lovely folk my, where to find me, my shit? Please do. Yes. I will tag <laughs> everything in the episode description, but please, oh, where can people find you on socials? So you can find me pretty much under everything at Reed Amber X, spelled R-E-E-D Amber X. And that includes Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, OnlyFans. I have two OnlyFans accounts. I have my main one, which is just like me being naughty and filthy and naked. And then I have my foot fetish 
OnlyFans account, which also has tickling content on there. So yeah, come and find me. My link is in my Instagram bio. Stunning. I'll put a link in the episode description too. Yeah. Thank you thank so, you so much. much. I hope you all have a beautiful day. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Reed. Please let me know on my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, wherever, if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share or any ideas for the next season. Love and elbow taps and I'll see you in season nine. Peace. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.